This is a HeadGum Podcast. Welcome to the newest edition of We'll See You in Hell. This is that that podcast you listen to when you want to hear about horror movies and fantasy films and sci-fi flicks. You know how it goes, people. I don't got to tell you why you're here. You know why you're here. And if you don't know why you're here, then you're a fucking moron. My name's Joe DeRosa. My name is Patrick Walsh. I don't think you're a fucking moron if you don't know why you're here. I'm just happy to have you aboard. And that's how we do it. Good cop, bad cop. Right. We're both in very form-fitting police officer uniforms right now. Very form-fitting in Joe's case. <laughs> uh, can you hear that? Can you hear a little wheezing in my... <laughs> I do. Yeah. What do, you, what do you think that is? Probably cancer. <laughs> I am worried it's cancer. Because you have a cough? Well, it seems to be related to having a smoke to cigarette, some cigarettes. Yeah, but it's not going away. I've never had that like sort of wateriness. Do so you think you have like dormant cancer, and then when you when you hit it with cigarette smoke, it's like, whoa, hey? No, but I mean, maybe I have. I don't know. That's not. Is that bad when you have that, or is that just like you got a little shit in you? It sounds like you might be able to have a little cold, Joe. Okay, because I don't like the feeling of it, but I can't fight this feeling anymore. I'm and sure a weekend of heavy drinking ahead will help clear it up. <laughs> We're already off to a great start. Before we get into what we did today, uh, today's episode is brought to you by The Devil's Advocate. That is the film we will be discussing. And why are we discussing The Devil's Advocate at this time? Well, I think the significance is during this sort of Time's Up and Me, not sort of, but this Time's Up and Me Too movement, Uh, A lot of our favorite uh, celebrities have been exposed for doing horrible things, and it's very disheartening. Uh, And as far back as I can remember, the first time this ever happened to me was not part of this movement, but part of a uh, child pornography (laughs) ring raid that happened where Jeffrey Jones uh, (laughs) never worked again. Yeah. (laughs) And up until that point, he was one of my favorite actors. Are you suggesting he was unjustly persecuted or what what is your point here who the hell said that who said anything along those lines (laughs) i just didn't follow the logic what does that have to do with me too it's got everything to do with me too i'm saying uh we're in the middle of a crisis right now where celebrities are being exposed for having done foul stuff right uh and gross stuff and i'm saying the first time i can ever remember that happening to a celebrity that i was familiar with in the public eye was Jeffrey Jones. Oh, okay. Now I see what you're saying. So I'm saying it's rel- his his uh, downfall is relevant to what's happening in Hollywood right now. But sure. he didn't go down with Me Too. He went down... Uh, they didn't have a name for it back then. This was pre-Twitter. It was basically just the cop saying, you can't have child porn in your house. Right. That was basically the beginning of the Did the they get him on the acting end. on it? Huh? Boy, we come back to this topic a lot. Did they get him acting on his Apparently he conducted... Photo sessions. Oh, okay. Apparently. All right. Uh, that's what it says on Wikipedia. Uh, oh, that's a shame. It's a real shame. The yeah. guy was a powerhouse. And, you you know, yeah. it's uh, no more. No more. I different. mean, look, 
I'm sure the man don't look great. I don't think we'd be seeing him in the movies anymore. I don't. I think you'd still that picture. Of him, well, actually, I, Deadwood hired him after all. That's that. right. And so did Burton in uh, Sleepy yeah. Hollow. So, which is weird. <laughs> I like if you Google him, what comes up is this photo of him in like a red Corvette with his his long red hair blowing in the wind, and he looks very coked out. That's the last I remember seeing him like in action. Uh, where did you see this picture? It was just like one of those like gotcha like. TMZ type deals. Oh and he looked gosh. just like he was driving coked out. All right. Well, that's our movie today is The Devil's Advocate. Which he's in. That's that's why I said the whole thing. Yeah. Did you now did you maybe smoke a little? No, I did not. Marijuana before you came over here? No, I did not. <laughs> All right. I believe I you. uh I'm not sleeping. Might have something to do with it. <laughs> and I've had a beer. Hear the wheeze again? You can I, hear it. I hear it's the terrible. wheeze. Joe. Everybody gets sick. I don't feel sick. It doesn't though. have to be a big thing. Just calm down. Take it wheezy. Um, I guess we should go ahead and get on with the show and also on with a be with you girl. Like being low. Hey, 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 like being Joe. <laughs> I can't tell if that just Sent the meters way into the red, and folks, if if it gets you mean dis- the pleasure meters, I think it did. <laughs> if it gets distorted, please bear with us. We're working with this new recording. Oh, I should have pulled the mic back. Set up, yeah. You'd think a guy like that Tony was in Bennett. a was in a band for five years would understand how a microphone works. Well, we used to rock our audiences. Sorry. Sure, rock me, Dinah. Uh, uh, Anyway, uh, the uh, I, I my point is is bear with us if it's the audio levels aren't perfect. We we we're doing the best we can with this brand new equipment, and also uh, uh, we're we're on our goddamn own over here. You know, yeah. I mean, we you know we're flying without a fucking net at this point. Um, absolutely, we've got no support <laughs> except from you guys, and you come through week after week. This Joe, has really become like Letterman when he was at uh, NBC. Yeah, kind of a thing. A little lower stakes here, probably. But <laughs> I was—I uh, got into your elevator. The most vile-smelling, like post-fart residue in the elevator. Yes. Hope it wasn't you. But it was not me. I sitting in there, and I almost just jumped off, and then the door shut, and I was like, "Fuck." Some beautiful woman's going to be here on the third floor. Right. Get in and think it was me. Did not happen, but there was a normal-looking woman who got on the elevator, and I almost said something, and then I was like, even if you say something, you look guilty. I wouldn't say a damn thing. And what do you care? It's her problem now. Now she's got to ride down with it saying, I hope a gorgeous man doesn't get on here. Yeah, that's true. But it would have been great if the elevator hit the second floor and uh, the doors opened and it was a team of women in bikinis. Like. (laughs) We're sorry. We're the Swedish bikini team. We uh-huh. just need to take the elevator. Yeah. You we know, were that, hoping to change in the elevator on the way down. Yeah, that, uh, that would And they get in and they're like, Wah! and they all run out. Turns into like a mighty python. Like uh, they're just projectile puking all over the place. Oh, boy. You know what I mean? Well, those Brits, they do highbrow stuff, you know? They do. <laughs> That's not my style of humor, the uh, everyone's puking bit. I, I like it. I just don't agree with calling it highbrow. I think it's right. funny, though. Right. I mean, my favorite joke 
in all the Austin Power films is uh, when he drinks the human shit. Easily my least favorite joke. Because he thinks Although, it's coffee. Yeah, I, I hated that bit. And he goes, this coffee tastes like shit. And then Michael Wittes goes, it is shit, Austin. Yeah. It's a bit nutty. Yeah, That's I, my favorite bit. I hate it. Why? It's not funny to me. It's not funny that he drinks shit? It's not funny to me. What is funny to you? I like and then when I'd the, like you to tell me what America means to you. I like when the penis pump goes through and he keeps saying it's not his. Right. And he goes, that's not my bag, baby. And they're going through the bag and they go, one book called Penis Pumps. This kind of thing is my bag, baby. <laughs> Written by Austin Powers. I mean, that that's what I like. I like a clever joke. You like a clever penis pump joke. I don't like, yeah. I don't like a man drinking shit. There's nothing... There's no twist to that. The twist is this coffee tastes like shit, which is a thing people say. And then Michael York says it is shit, Austin. Yeah. It's funny to me. All right. I don't know what your problem. I take it back, though. That's not my favorite thing ever in Austin Powers. My favorite thing ever, ever. You like when he goes, he goes yeah, baby, yeah. I like that. I also. You like when he goes, oh, behave. I know I like you've said that, that to too. me a lot. And, but I'll tell you, no, this is a deep cut, and nobody, I never hear it from anybody. I like when he asks people if they, he makes them horny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Randy. Uh, no, my favorite thing ever is the, is Fat Bastard's speech. Oh, it's great. At the end of the first I'm unhappy period. because I eat, and I eat because I'm unhappy. Yeah. I the, just the, the heavy breaths as the music <laughs> starts. I can't stop eating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's like this Oprah Winfrey moment. It's yeah. perfect. It's so good. One and two are really really funny, and three's got a couple laughs, and you know it does. I, I get plenty out of three. I get enough out of three. I get all I need out of it. You know. Um, it was a good series. I'm glad they didn't do it again. Love Guru, not so great. So I married an axe murderer. Pretty funny. Fantastic. Love Guru was just kind of forgettable. I didn't think it was as bad as everybody said it was. Yeah, it might have just been expectations. I remember I I just moved to L.A. and they were like, he's doing his uh, Love Guru character up at the UCB. He'll just pop in and do it. I was like, well, every time I go, that's the worst fucking improv show I've ever seen in my life. Folks, that movie seemed like it was improv What? It was written? Shoot the writer. Which? The Love Guru. Oh, Love Guru. Yeah, not not great. And then it's him, age 50, Jessica Alba, age 20. Kind of a romance. It's, it's enough. Well, look, that's it's not enough. the most absurd romance uh, no. uh, Michael Myers has set himself up with. The most absurd was try, us trying to believe Beyonce right. would somehow fall for him. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> That was outrageous. That's true. I was offended that they were even proposing this to me. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, we got to keep talking. Well, I don't. Yeah, yeah. We're on, let me take you over. All right. To, what's what's going on, man? Let me take you over to Pat's. We didn't. You didn't tell the people what we did today before we came oh, over here. All right. We went to uh, uh, Amoeba. Yeah. Uh, I purchased several albums. A kind of a cool moment. I was going to tell Joe. Joe said, what's in your bag? I was reaching over to pull out the albums I had bought. And I was pulling out the first one, a Squeeze album. I love the band Squeeze, and they had all their albums very cheap. I'm pulling it out, and the first song on the album starts playing in the restaurant. Yeah, it was wild. 
Insane. And you don't you don't hear a lot of squeeze. That was wild stuff. That was weird and wild stuff. It's wild. I, I recommend uh, the band Squeeze. No, the only right? squeeze song I ever hear is that fucking tempted song. Tempted by the fruit and, and, a... and pulling muscles from a shell sometimes. Pulling muscles from a shell. Yeah, they're, they're, those aren't their best songs. Um, but then what did we do? We went to Pizza Bara. No, well, that's where the squeeze thing happened. Saw the squeeze. We went to out of the closet for yes. Joe to get an AIDS test. <laughs> I was thinking, boy, I hope this thing uh, doesn't come back positive or I got a real unpleasant afternoon on deck. <laughs> Clean as a whistle, boys. How do they test that fast, though? It can't be accurate. It's an instant test. Don't start saying shit like that. Do you pay him? No, you don't pay them. It's free. All right. It's a charity. It's nice. That's well, why I donate all that stuff to them for free. Why isn't everyone doing that? Because everybody's a fucking moron. Yeah. Why isn't everybody not watching, uh, you know, uh, what's a shitty TV show on right now? The Voice. The Voice. You know, I don't know. Yeah. You got an explanation for that? No, I don't. Yeah. There's no accounting for taste. Yeah, you know. But uh, anyway, clean, clean, boys, clean. So, uh, you know. good. Good feeling. Good way to enter the weekend. It is. I didn't get tested. I'm well, very confident in my status. I've got a big weekend of a, of unprotected sex ahead of me. Sure. With a lot of strangers. Did they give you paperwork you can show to these ladies? Uh, they didn't. Uh, but I <laughs> tap on it <laughs> at the bar. I, what I did do was with my phone. I took a photo of the nurse just giving a thumbs up. That'll work. And then I'm going to write. Clean, negative, whatever. I'll, I'll, I'll doctor it up with my iPhone. That's right. enough. I don't need to carry paperwork around. No. I, I hooked up with a girl once who had paperwork. That's it's it's not making anybody feel better. It didn't. No. Um, did I do it? I sure did. But it. Uh, I was just kind of like, okay, why are you carrying that? What is the date on it? It was very uh, not not a romantic way to start the evening. I once had a woman pull out paperwork, and she had to blow a sheet of dust off the top of it. So I said, honey, what are you uh, uh-huh. trying to... Uh, was it written with quill pen? <laughs> it says here, you tested negative for jaundice. <laughs> I think you can still get jaundice. It says here, you tested negative for scurvy. I think you can still get scurvy. Polio it's, you can't get, I don't polio. think. Polio. Uh, yeah, there's Pat. Oh, he's got to one-up everybody. I just want your joke to be accurate. So he's gonna, it, I say about Joe's comedy. jokes, if they can't be funny, at least they should be accurate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, folks, I'd love to know what you think about that last bonus episode that we released, if you were one of the people that heard it. On the site, people seem to really enjoy it. We did a commentary on Jeepers Creepers 3. Not a great deal of discussion about the film. As there, there, as there never is. But I got to tell you, at about the 40-minute mark, it becomes a real blur for me. I don't really remember much. Yeah. Uh, it's the only one I, I haven't listened to. I, I will listen to it. but We were. I mean, by the end of the thing, I wasn't even sure if I was making sense. Right. Um, and then Pat left, and then I played uh, my video game arcade cabinets by myself for hours. <laughs> you played your video games. Lana yes. Del Rey. There you go. Still dating Axl Rose? Me? No. Long not for months. 
Lana? Yeah. No idea. She was. That's a weird relationship as well. That is a weird relationship. But she likes the edge, you know? If you look at her lyrics. Well, then uh, she should date him. Music is deceptively Come on, soft, nothing. But the lyrics are very... Nothing on that? What? You said she likes the edge. I said, then, well, then she should date him. Oh, good. yeah, I got it. Uh, she's in, she's in hot water with creep, uh, with creep show with, uh, Creed with Radiohead. Yeah. I haven't heard the song that's supposed to be a ripoff, but I know Radiohead was sued because creep sounded like another song. So it's very odd that they would do this, but well, her song sounds so much like creep. Oh, okay. I was laughing as I listened to it to the point where I was like, clearly she didn't steal this. She just, well, she's heard creep Joe. No, I know, but I don't think she sat there and was like, I'm going to steal Creep. Somebody in her circle at some point should have probably said, this sounds like Creep, and she probably went, I know, right? Oh, well, I didn't think of it that way. And didn't think they'd call her on it. She sucks anyway, didn't I she? I like her. Well, I, I'm not saying her album sucked, but she can't like really sing in real life, right? I saw her once at Coachella, and nobody can sing at Coachella. It's a goddamn nightmare. Well, she did it on SNL, too, though. She yeah, was. that was rough. Yeah. Brian Williams tweeting about it. What did Brian Williams? Brian Williams. What a what a joke. What a fucking joke he was. Wait, the the news guy? The guy who lied about his past on the news and then the, he was tweeting about how bad Lana Del Rey was from the news desk. Everybody's like, Brian, you're supposed to be like Walter Cronkite. Yeah. Well, I maybe I'm coming too hard on him, but you can't lie about your past experiences if you're going to be a news person. Yeah. Can't do it. It's a shame. I'd rather get my news from Allison Williams, for Christ's sake. <laughs> she seems nice. Let me take you down well, they to all Pat's. Seem nice. That's the, the the illusion of. Oh, I don't think she seems the nice. sorcerer. Oh, maybe she, she is. Maybe she is. So, 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 the problem with living out here, you hear a thousand things about people, and they're probably not all true. Uh oh. I'm not saying Allison Williams, even though I just said that directly off of a mention of her name. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yep. you know, gang, we're over at the movie corner. Come on in. Have a seat. I saw. Well, last night I went over to my buddy Rob's house and we were going to watch a movie and we're looking through Filmstruck. Have you, you have the Filmstruck app? I had it for like three days and then I was like, oh, this is too much for me. It's a yeah. little too artsy. It's Yeah, it's just a, it's a little too much in that, you know. Yeah, I, I have a two-week trial I'm going to use. We're looking through, and then I was like, The Yakuza, starring Robert Mitchum, directed by Sidney Pollack, written by Robert Town, who wrote Chinatown, and Paul Schrader, who wrote Taxi Driver and Raging Bull. Right. I look it up. The script sold for more money than any movie in history at that time. I'm like... How do I not know what the fuck the Yakuza is? I don't know what it is. This thing starts up and I had my answer right away. <laughs> Holy cow. I mean, we were dying laughing watching this thing. But why? why? Something went wrong. Reshoots or something happened. Mitchum's visibly drunk in every scene, of course. But he like goes to Japan and he goes to meet this woman he used to date who's like a middle-aged geisha. Very homely woman. Terrible teeth. Bad skin. No idea how she got cast in this role. Mm-hmm. Unless she was fucking Mitchum. Maybe that's a sexist thing to say. But she's not a good actress. She's bringing nothing to the table. Right. So 
he's walking through like Japantown to get over and talk to her. And the sets look terrible. Everything about it looks chintzy. And this guy who you met for like one second that greeted Robert Mitchum at the airport starts narrating the history of Mitchum and this woman, this geisha. So he talks for like three minutes mm-hmm. in a very boring monotone voice about, oh, I remember when Bobby met Chun Lai. Right. Well, it was the summer of... Fo- He's narrating while you're just watching Robert Mitchum walk. Then they cut back to the bald guy who's just sitting there, but also narrating the movie. But it's just a bald loser sitting in a chair. Right. Then back to Mitchum. Then Mitchum and the lady start talking, and their voices drop out, and the man starts narrating what they're talking about while we're watching them talk. Okay. And I don't know if this was trying to be some sort of French New Wave thing. It seemed like they just fucked up the movie. Okay. I've never seen anything like it. There were five-minute montages of just, like, different angles on two people having a conversation. All right. We That's... turned it off at 40, you know, 45 minutes in. It was terrible. Okay. All right. Fair enough. But worth a watch for the, for the you know, the room factor. Fair enough. I don't know why it's not discussed more as just a very bad movie. Robert Mitchum going to Japan to fight... Well, why is it on film? Samurai? See, this is what annoys me. And I, I've tweeted this about the Criterion Collection, too. And the Criterion Collection is is complete of cl- completely available on Filmstruck. You know, I've tweeted like, are these guys fucking with me? They'll put movies in that goddamn thing that are trash. Yeah, that are really bad movies that are poorly acted, poorly directed. I'm like, what is this? Well, I don't think they're cultivating them, are they? It's not like these are like the best movies, is it? Is Isn't that their that the brand? Point of the Criterion Collection? Well, Criterion. Oh, you just you're not talking about film structure. No, I'm talking about the Criterion. Yeah, Collection. Okay, I'm, and, and I'm making a broader uh, 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 analysis here that there is something about film snobs where they sometimes they take a real pile of shit, right? And then they try to tell you it's great. And they go, "Well, you don't get it." And it's like, "No, I get it. It sucks." Yeah, you know. Anyway. Speaking of uh, geishas, <laughs> I saw an episode of Masters of Horror that was never, I didn't know this existed, it, it never aired. The, the Takashi McKay one? Yeah, imprint? Yeah. Rough stuff. I rented it from Netflix as a DVD back in the day, that's how long ago, and did, refused to watch it. I, I got too freaked out. Rough stuff. Yeah. Uh, Billy Drago. Uh, who you may know as Frank Nitty from the Untouchables okay. movie. Uh, he plays a, uh, I guess it's, uh, I don't know, late 1800s. It's supposed to be whatever time period that is. Um, he's uh, he's made his way to uh, to Asia and, and to this place where geisha girls work because a woman he fell in, a geisha he fell in love with there. Uh, he promised her he'd come back for her. Okay. And uh, she's not there. He ends up bedding down. Not bedding down. He never sleeps with her. But spending the night with a different geisha who's got a severely deformed face where half of her face is twisted up into like a smile and the other half is a frown. Okay. Kind of. Um, and she tells him the woman that you love is gone. She's dead. And then you start to find out about this woman's history through flashbacks. And then you start to find out about how the other woman that he was in love with died. And it is a lot of brutal, brutal, brutal shit. 
And it's the main reason I don't like a lot of Asian-based horror films. Like super brutal violence or emotional shit. Yeah, torture shit. Yeah, people go, oh, The Audition, what a great movie. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I don't like it. It's a woman, like, torturing a man. Yeah. Uh, It's like this romantic comedy, and then she tortures him. I did love Audition for some reason, but generally that would not be my bag. And I know that's not all Asian-based horror, but there's a lot of torture stuff, and I... I just don't care for it. I think I've said it before on the show. Hostel is one of the only torture-based you know, uh, horror movies I like because it, it does involve redemption. And there uh-huh. is, it, it beca- it's much more of a revenge story and a payback story than, than just watching people have horrible shit done to them. Right. This one is all out just, there's not one redeeming character in the whole fucking thing. It's, it's brutal. It's brutal. And it didn't air on Showtime because it was too violent, right? Showtime, yeah, said it was too disturbing, which if, if you've seen Masters of Horror, it's, you know, it's not a show that holds back, you know? It's, right. it, they, they do some pretty graphic shit well, on it. It's supposed to be Showtime's whole thing. They, They're look, cable I, company. I got it. Because I, I, I was saying the same thing. I was kind of scoffing, like, well, why would you not air this? It's cable and whatever. Then the further and further I got into it, I was like, this is just... A scene after scene of women having horrible things done to them, right. and it's upsetting after a while. Sure, now, it's always upsetting, but you know what I mean. Like it seems, it seemed so repetitive that there is the part of you that goes, "What's the point of this?" Right, you know. So, but the guy gets his in the end. I'll tell you that there is the just desserts, um, but woo, rough stuff, rough stuff. All right, I think that's all I saw. Really. I think that's all I saw. And I I've been sitting in a dark thing. room ever since. Yeah, pretty much. Well, Pat, I got something for Joe Scary stuff. Take me there. I'll take you there. Just got this today, actually, and it belongs in Joe Scary stuff because it involves rapper Cool Keith, the inventor of horrorcore rap. Uh, for you hip hop fans out there, you know that when uh, Cool Keith started with the Ultra Magnetic MCs, he was the first horrorcore rapper out there to rap about horror shit. Um, anyway, like, I'm at Amoeba. Like, give me an example. He was just the first guy to be like, "I'll you know, I'll fucking eat your brains," and I'll you know, okay. would say like like horror movie shit that a monster would say. I guess you know. All right. Anyway, he's done a bunch of horror-based characters since then, uh, the most infamous being Dr. Octagon. Uh, that new record comes out in April, the second record in 20 or 30 years or something like something crazy like that. 20 years. Um, you know, he did the Dr. Doom character with Cutmaster Kurt, which was also a cannibalistic rapper who would eat people and, and then rap about it. Um, anyway, I'm at Amoeba today. I just for shits and giggles look in the cool Keith section. Maybe there's some, you know, pre-single release for the new Octagon album or something. I find this record title alone catches my eye. Your mom is my wife. It's a great title. As Pat, one of the best I've ever heard. Yeah, your mom is my wife. Uh, it's Cool Keith and Cutmaster Kurt. It says right across the front of the CD, only 500 of these were pressed. Bought it. It's basically B-sides from the Doom sessions, as far as I can tell. It's ninety all tracks from 96, 97. So it's like the Dr. Doom sessions, the Sex Style sessions. That Sex Style is another album they did together. The Matthew sections, that's the album they did together after Doom. Uh, it's great. 
it's truly, truly great. And it was such a steal. So I urge you, if you're a fan of Cool Keith, go and find this fucking thing because there's only 500 out there. I only paid $18.99 for it. For a CD that's one of 500, I mean, seemed like a good deal to me. Uh, but go check it out. He always delivered. Not, well, some of his albums are less favorable than others, but this is, you know, if you're a fan of the stuff I'm talking about, this is a real treasure trove of stuff you didn't know even existed. Um, so, yeah, go get it. It's probably on Spotify, too. Well, I want to own it. Yeah. No, I know. And I do own it. I know. Because I bought it today. There's no ownership anymore. If you recommend something to people, they're probably going to Spotify. It's you don't time. own me. That's my new character. You don't own me? Yeah, it's a it's a guy who just says it real sassy like that. All right. You like, don't own me. It's a song. You don't own me. Yeah, but I'm doing it like... Uh, it's from the first wives club. Picture John Mulaney saying it. Maybe I'll pitch this to Mulaney. You don't own me. (laughs) Sure, call him up. It'd be a good character for him to do. I like it. You know? I don't know what what else it would entail, but that's all I got right now. I have to look. I say, Johnny, we workshop it, Johnny. Right. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I got know I have nothing for you. I'm in a tough state today. I don't know why. I'm just like, like hot. Yeah, it's warm. It's warm. Are you turning the air on? Uh, no, it's all right. All we right. got a big St. Patrick's Day weekend ahead. Let's get to the movie at hand. What do you say? Hmm. That line of conversation was shut down well, quick. Well, well, no, we do. We do. I'm sorry. We do have a big St. Pat. I, I didn't know you had anything. To, what did you want to say? I'm sorry. Nothing. That was it. Let's get to the movie at hand. <laughs> so the Are movie gonna- is Devil's Advocate, <laughs> starring a very equally matched in terms of their acting ability. Al Pacino and Keanu Reeves. <laughs> and Pacino just slaps Reeves around the screen with his dick for like two hours and 15 minutes. Now, their, their acting showdowns are the, the exact opposite of De Niro and Pacino in Heat. Yes. There's a clear winner that walks away. Yes. I agree. And I'm a fan of Keanu, but... Uh, Me too. I mean, at this I time, agree. he was much more of a joke, but... Um, yeah, th- this is a hell of a picture, folks, if you haven't seen it. Uh, it's a wonderful film. Yeah, pun intended. It's it's a lot of fun. It's very creepy. It's very scary at times. Uh, it's weirdly funny at times. Yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's just a great movie. Tremendous supporting cast. You got Craig T. Nelson. You got Charlize Theron. Frequently nude. You've got... Um, in fact, another a guy that was in Masters of Horror in, in, in my favorite episode called Sounds Like, uh, the guy that plays the pedophile that Keanu Reeves is defending at the top of the movie. Is that Pruitt Taylor Vance? I can't remember his name, but he guy was with on... with a weird eye? He was in like, no, he was in like True Blood and he looks like Rob Cordery. He looked like, he, like he could literally, if you said he was Rob Cordery's brother, you'd be like, oh yeah. Okay, I don't know. Uh, but he was in... True Blood. He was also in uh, The Wire. He played a detective on The Wire that got his throat slit. Huh. Um, I want to say Paul something. You've lost me. I don't well, know. anyway, he's in it. And he's he's got a small part, but he's great. As we said, you know, Jeffrey Jones, tremendous actor, disgusting human being, but uh, but he's very good in the movie. Um, in fact, my favorite line in the movie revolves around his character. 
Let's hear it. It's been a while for me. So his character's name is Eddie Barzoon, which is one of the greatest movie names I've ever heard, ever. My friend Chip and I used to, you know, sort of collect, like, the greatest movie names. Uh Uh-huh. So Eddie Barzoon was number one. Bobby Chiaro from Hoffa was another one. Okay. Uh, uh, Floyd Gondali from Boogie Nights. Sure, sure. You know. Uh, Anyway, but uh, when... uh, when Pacino is going to Garfield from Garfield, the mm-hmm. tale of two kitties. Sure, John, John. Uh, who plays John in those movies? Jason Lee was it? It was Jason Lee, and I, I think well, I thought it was Breck and Meyer, and at least one of them. I think he took it over in the sequel. Yeah, you couldn't even get Jason Lee back. Poor, he's bastard. done all the Alvin and the Chipmunks. Unless, well, wait, no, then it, that's what Jason Lee's in. He doesn't play John and Garfield. I think that's Breck and Meyer. Breck and Meyer plays John yeah. and Garfield. Um, there's so they're they're partners in the movie, or you know they work. Pacino right. and uh, Barzoon are colleagues, and then Pacino's going to turn on him. And as Pacino's turning on him, and you're also starting to get the first glimpses that Pacino's character might be the literal devil, right? Uh, it's it's Pacino ranting and raving about Eddie Barzoon as they cross cut it with Jeffrey Jones jogging. And like slowly starting to have a heart attack. Right. And there's a line in there where at the climax of that speech where Pacino goes, Eddie Barzoon wants to fist fuck the world <laughs> and then lick his hands clean. <laughs> and I was like, that's a great way to describe a piece of shit. That's sure. a great way to describe this guy's got the guy that's got it coming to him. You sold me. Now I saw it in the theater. I've probably seen it a couple times since, but it's been a while. I remember it being very liberal with the nudity. Very liberal. You see Charlene's uh, um, boobs a couple times, and you see the really hot... There's like... You know, remember there's like the two really hot wives in the building? Yeah. You see them, their boobs a couple times. They make out a bunch, I think. If I remember correctly, it's a sexy picture. It is, and it hit me at the right time. I was me too. It, would it come out ninety six? Ninety six. You were thirty nine. <laughs> Porn hadn't overtaken the internet yet. You know that was still yeah. Like, well, this was, was all I had at the exciting. time. I think the same year it was Devil's Advocate, and then Wild Things. Maybe a year after. Oh Jesus! These were big pictures for me. Jesus. But um, yeah, I remember it being long. Funny, well-directed, well-written, but mostly what I remember is the nudity, for whatever reason. I think it's because Charlize was new to the game at that time. Didn't know who she was. Charlize Theron, this this is... <clears throat> no, she was brand new. This was like yeah. her breakout role. Right. She's tremendous in it. But, I mean, you know, nobody had ever seen her, and right. then all of a sudden she pops up in this movie, and you're like, who is this? Uh, I would almost I'd describe her as a creature. Yeah. You know when they say that? Who is this creature? I don't think women like that, though. No, but like men will say that in movies, like when they see somebody like stunning. Who is this enchanting creature? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's, that's Usually while kissing her hand. Yes. And when I met Charlize You Theron, know what I like to do when I kiss a woman's hand? What? I kiss it, and then I, I look up at her and kind of like maintain eye contact. And then when she looks away, I slide her ring off with my mouth. <laughs> and I pocket the ring. I do that, too, but I'll swallow the ring just to not add the extra step. <laughs> right. And then I'll dig it out of my own feces days later. You don't have to do that. 
You can just hold it in your mouth. Uh, and then she goes, uh, do you want a drink? And I go, sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Spit it back into her face. Um, uh, but no, she she came in and you're like, this is the most gorgeous human being I've ever yeah, seen. It was and something then, else. And you get to see her naked, which is pretty great. Yeah. Keanu at the not the top of his acting game at this time. He's doing a British accent that sounds uh, no Southern. I'm sorry, a Boston Southern. He's Southern in it. Yeah, he's Southern. But there's hints at times of both Boston and British. He's doing a Southern accent. Some of it's British. It, it, here's what you're getting mixed up with. He's doing a Southern accent in yeah. Dracula. He does a British accent, and the kind problem of. is. In Dracula, he sounds Southern, and in Devil's Advocate, he sounds British. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, in Dracula, the through. biggest laugh for me in Dracula, well, not that there's a lot of laughs in it, but <laughs> it's when Dracula walks in with the giant buns on his head and the gray hair, and he's like, like the 400-year-old Dracula. And uh, Keanu Reeves is like writing something with a quill pen, and then he looks up and he goes, oh, Dracula. Like, like he's seeing... You know, a pillow for the yes. first time. He's yes. never seen this man. He's like, Dracula? <laughs> Unbelievable. My, my biggest laugh is when the three vampire seductress women. Hot scene as well. When they eat, they're, they're like, they eat the baby, basically. Right. And, it, and you don't see them do it, obviously, but it just shows Ke- uh, Ke- Jesus. Keanu Reeves' reaction. Yeah. And it's just him on camera going, Duh! <laughs> Duh! Yeah. Yeah. It's supposed to be like a man going mad and it's, you know. Yeah. He's only good in silent killer mode or comedy mode. I like to men, you know, parenthood and stuff like that. Bill and Ted 3, I'm Bill there the day it opens. You think they'll do it? Yeah, they just released some Yeah, apparently it's happening. All right. Um but but what was I going to say? Was um the uh Oh, his accent. Yes, he's playing a southern man. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Keanu, not at the top of his acting game in this film, but physically, hotcha. <laughs> I mean, this is as good as it gets. Keanu is 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 top form in this fucking thing. Wow, okay. Top it's, form. It's and they got him in all these goddamn Armani suits and shit. I mean, yeah. you're like, this kid is made to set the world on fire. Wow. All right. Um, Never heard a negative word about Keanu. I've heard he's a wonderful man. He's, yeah. I heard he's brilliant. Like, he's extremely well-read. Take it easy. That's what I've heard. I heard he's an expert marksman. Okay. Uh, they did a whole article in, like, the New York Times or or, or, or the L.A. Times, some something, some publication, uh, about, like, 10 reasons more to love Keanu Reeves. And it was literally, like, he hangs out with homeless people. And it was pictures uh-huh. that the paparazzi got of him like just like fucking like taking a nap next to a homeless guy, sharing cigarettes, like just hanging out, talk. I'm like this guy just seems like a fucking good dude. Yeah, but he's apparently very, very well read. All right, I well, believe you. I mean, it doesn't sound. Sometimes it doesn't sound like you believe me. <laughs> I mean, sure, maybe he just plays a lot of dum dums. I don't know. I just watched a video, an interview with uh, Pesci on Letterman from like the early '90s. Wow. Pesci barely does movies anymore. Forget press or anything. Yeah. Well, it's it's back when it was like right, right after Goodfellas or whatever. And uh, there's some really great moments in it. Like like Letterman won't stop going, do I find you funny? What about me? What about me is funny to you? He keeps doing that to Pesci. Uh-huh. And finally Pesci goes, 
Well, that's funny. Your face is funny. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Huge applause break. Yeah. Says fuck twice in the interview. Uh-huh. Uh, the place is going crazy. Then Letterman goes, now I heard you had dinner. It was you, Bobby De Niro, Marlon Brando, and Michael Jackson. And he goes, this is a weird thing. And he goes, who else was there? And he goes, he goes, well, you know, yeah, it was me, Bobby, Marlon, Michael, bunch of kids. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> wow. Wow. I got to check this out. Pesci you, is killing in this fucking thing. You just like YouTubed Pesci Letterman? I was looking up Pesci. I can't remember why I was looking up Pesci. Oh, because I was trying to, for my penthouse article, I was trying to get the exact wording of a line he has in Easy Money. Okay. So I was trying to find the scene on YouTube. So I found the scene because I was out when I was writing it. And I found the scene. And then, uh, you know, one of the videos suggested was it just said Pesci Letterman Goodfellas. And I was like, all right, I'll watch this. And it's him just smoking the cigar, just fucking crushing it. I got to check it out. Yeah, it's it's great. It's really funny. And it's it's, right. it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a talk show thing. It's like... It's the old talk show days where, right. like, you kind of felt still like anything could kind of happen. Right. It was spontaneous, and it's a lot of fun. That talk show circuit now. Holy Lord. <laughs> There's not a bright spot in there. Now, who's your favorite? Would you say Ellen? I mean, I watched an Ellen the other day. I, it wasn't for me. No. It was. It, who, had, who is it for, by the way? You know, people who are home. My stepdad loves it. Look, baby, I'm home every day. I couldn't watch it. An interesting thing they did was like, let uh, the sketch was like, tell me if you see it. And it was like, you know, they'd show you a picture of something and like, where do you see it? And the audience would laugh. And one of them was like a logo for something that looked very much like a cock and balls. And the audience starts dying laughing, and it's like spraying something out the end of it. And I was like, it's 3 p.m., Ellen. What the fuck are you doing? She's on that late? I thought she was on at like 10 a.m. Well, she's syndicated, but she's on during the day regardless. So, well, like, look. Graphic. You know? I'm like, yeah, I see it, Ellen. Jesus Christ. Hey, folks, knowing her persuasion, she thought it was a cock and balls. All right. Okay, ladies and gentlemen. All right. <laughs> they had Dana Carvey on, which is why I was watching it. All right. Well, that was my James Gandolfini as an insult comic. Okay. He would have uh, been a good one. In I'm the sure. 70s. I just saw an advertisement for James Gandolfini, colon, celebrity autopsy. Oh. It's like, you know what? Go fuck yourself. Leave it alone. Leave it alone. I'm not going to watch that. The trash. doctor comes out of the operating, you know, room, whatever, pulls the mask down. Diagnosis: fat. <laughs> Real fat. Do you really got to cut the guy open? Yeah. <laughs> and cut to black for 59 minutes of the special. <laughs> what was this O.J. Simpson special they were showing the other night? Was that film now or then? It's like it's supposed to be his confession or something. It was filmed then. It was when he was selling his book. Okay. I, look. If I did it. I feel like, I'm not, I'm not saying I don't think the guy did it or not. You know, I, I, I always believed more that he was guilty than not guilty. Right. But, uh, but they're taking this clip from an interview from 20 fucking years ago. Right. And they're going, 
Is this the confession? It's finally been unearthed. Uh-huh. An interview nobody ever saw. And it's like, guys, so nobody, nobody around, if this was so in, inflammatory or whatever, nobody right. around was like, hey, cops, I think OJ just confessed right. on camera. We're not allowed to air it, but you're cops. Yeah. So you could probably see it. You know, it's just, come on. He was also pitching a book called If I Did It, where the whole premise was that he did it, and it could have been taken from any of those interviews, correct? It was from those. It was when he was promoting that book. I mean, I think the man did it, but... But, like, they... See, it's here's the tough thing, too. Tons of people watched it. They cut it in a way where you don't... This is what I hate. This is what I hate about the media now. They cut everything in a way where you can't see the actual version. Right. You can't see it. Okay. So like that's cut in a way now where every time you watch a clip, it's just going to be him going, I don't remember anything after I hit her with the pan. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're like, but wait a minute. What's the lead up? I want to see the setup. They're not going to let you see it because th- that doesn't that doesn't get anybody excited. Right. So it happened to me with a shy. I was I looked up a Shia LaBeouf thing. He took some hard shots at your boy Spielberg recently. What did he say? Oh, he was just like, you know, the guy's in a... That's what you call punching up. He goes, the guy's not a director at this point. He's a fucking company. And he goes, I've done a ton of movies with him. And he goes, you know, you're being told constantly, you got to get this line out in 39 seconds and you got to hit the mark here. And then he goes, after five years of that, you're like, what do I suck? Uh And he he just was like, I just can't work like that anymore. I don't want to do that and whatever. But so I was reading the interview and then it said something about how he had gotten arrested uh, and I, so I looked that up because uh, it was on camera or whatever, and it said uh, re- he was arrested and he gave a racial, gave a racist tirade. Yes. Toward a black police officer. I remember watching that. So every video I find, I finally found out what he actually said, thank you to like Time Magazine or something, doing an actual real story. Right. Um, but every fucking video you see, everything is beeped because, by the way, we're also all children. Right. Who, where adults can't hear curse words on news stories. Right. Fucking ridiculous. Everything is beeped. You can't hear anything he's saying. And then every article that goes along with the video just says, he said racist stuff. And I'm screaming by the eighth link uh-huh. on Google. What did he say? Right. I want to know what he said. You don't, it's not, you don't just get to say he said a racist thing and then not tell me what he said. Right. That's not responsible. Tell me what he said. So finally, like I said, a real magazine like Time did, and they, were, and they explained what he said. And I was like, thank you, Time. Okay. What did he say? He said at one point, you're all going to hell to the cops. And then he turned to the black one and said, especially you. And the, other co- the white cop said, well, why especially him? And he goes, because of his skin color. Okay, not great. Yeah, so... And then the only part I could catch of what he was like on the video where I could understand what he was saying was him it was LaBeouf in the back of a police car. And the black cop was like, I, I don't, the black cop was just being like, I don't know what to tell you, dude. Yeah. Shelby was like, I'm not having a fucking conversation with you, man. All right. I asked you for a cigarette. You said I didn't have one. I said word. How the fuck am I racist? Like, he's put on this real hard, like, hip-hop accent all of a sudden. (laughs) I mean, yeah, he's he's imbalanced, I think. But, uh... He's a good actor. I'm... 
Yeah, and he, he apologized for what he said. It was obviously very uh, inappropriate. And, uh, and you know, he says he's sober now. I hope he pulls his shit together. That McEnroe movie, he's getting fucking accolades. He's playing John McEnroe? Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, I want to see that. You got LaBeouf playing an unstable right. <laughs> John McEnroe. <laughs> I'm there. I, I loved uh, American <laughs> Honey with LaBeouf. I didn't see it. It's what was a great, it about? great movie. Um, I think I talked about it on here. It's just like. It's like a two and a half hour movie. It was kind of like a Harmony Corinne movie, okay. kind of a Spring Breakers feel to it. All right, um, you know, just young people driving around, having fun, ripping people off, fucking, doing drugs. I enjoyed it. Yeah, like our childhoods. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, no, I actually just sat in a basement with people and watched MTV. Really, Pat? Because I swear, if you put a gun to my head, you said, "Joe, what'd you do more of? Fucking driving or ripping people off?" I wouldn't be able to tell you, buddy. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. I wouldn't be able to tell you. Yeah, I didn't do any of the above. I drove. I guess driving would be my answer. Now let's quickly get back to the devil's advocate. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> what? <laughs> we were supposed to go see the strangers pray at night today, and we did. We didn't wind up getting over there. But uh, also, I learned Joe hasn't seen the original Strangers, so maybe we'll try to... You own it, right? No. I've seen it here, I think. Then I bought it, and I haven't watched it yet. I bought it for five bucks. I I watched it a second time this weekend. I thought it was great. It's a good movie, but... (laughs) You have seen it. Again, I'm not into... Like, I'm not as into the, like, slashery... You know, Wolf Creek always upset me terribly, because I'm just like... yeah. It just sucks. It's just like a good person getting abducted by the worst person on earth. Right. You know, like... It, it, yeah, it, I don't enjoy those. It's like a bad news story, you know? But um, but devil's advocate. Let's, let's, let's tie the devil's advo convo up with this. Okay. What do you think of... Pat is now rubbing his eyes like we're at the <laughs> end of a, trying to solve a murder case. <laughs> uh, put a pot of coffee on. Uh one of the greatest uh, David Tell jokes of all time. He talks about when you shave your pubes and they start to grow back. Yeah. And he's going, now it looks like your dick was up all night trying to solve a murder. It's <laughs> uh-huh. good. Uh, what is your opinion on the end scene of The Devil's Advocate? Very polarizing. Some people get furious. I think it's a fun little sort of tales from the crypty wink at the camera. You'd have to give it to me because I don't recall it. It's it, it cuts back to 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 so at the beginning of the movie Keanu is defending a pedophile he knows the guy is guilty he still gets the guy off um and that's what launches his career into New York and with Pacino's firm and everything you find out Pacino is the devil you find out Keanu is his son uh and he ends up betraying his father and killing the devil at the end or destroying the devil. Right. And then it cuts back to the courtroom at the beginning. And you realize none of that happened. It was all this dream sequence he oh, had yeah. while he was in the bathroom after he had found out this guy I'm repping is guilty. Yeah. So then he goes back to the table, basically says, I can't rep this guy anymore, does the right thing. Uh, and then another lawyer comes out and says like, hey, you know, you did great, and we're proud of you, and we're big things for you. And you're like, oh, he's going to be rewarded for doing the right thing. And as he walks away, that that lawyer morphs into Pacino. And he goes, I always get what I want. <laughs> well, that's a ridiculous ending. 
It's not that ridiculous. It's very, like I said, it's very Tales from the Crypt. It's I probably like, dug it at the time, but that sounds ridiculous. It's a wink to camera, and I think it's also the only way you can end that movie. Right. It's like, you know, you're like, what do you... So they probably ended it with the dream sequence, and then they were like, you got to add on something else here. People hate this dream sequence. Well, yeah, you can't... What are you going to do? Just have a happy ending, like he right. did the right thing, and everybody walks away cheering? Like, you got to have a little... So then is the idea that Pacino thing. put the dream into his head or something? They didn't explain that part of it. It's it's kind of falls apart when you think about it. Not really. It could be that he. Put, I hate to play devil's advocate, but <laughs> it could be that he puts the dream in his head to make him do the other thing. Yeah, and then he can, makes it work. The other, he's just like, I'll make it work any way you can. Or maybe he's like, No, he did have that vision on his own because he is my son, and he does he does know. Uh, but I I'm going to work at this angle now. You can't beat me. I'm the devil. Right. That's what I took from it. Okay. Didn't mind the ending. I don't mind a little wink to camera, you know, unless it's a literal wink to camera, like at the end of Freddy versus Jason, when Freddy's decapitated head literally winks to the camera. Do you think nudity has come away from movies because porn is so readily available? I think it's that. I, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't sell anymore. Yeah. It's a shame. You know? I mean, because nudity was gone well, well, well before any of the these current movements had started. Yeah. So that it's not a result of that. They all, they'll only do comedy nudity now. Barely. A dick or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Well, yeah. You see a lot more dick uh, on camera. Right. Because it's still, for some reason, funny to see a dick on camera. Right. Uh, I'll always laugh at it. But uh, I don't know. I can't remember the last time I saw, like, boobs in a movie. It's been a long time. It was certainly never your leading lady, if they do it. Even that movie Nymphomaniac, which I only saw parts of, because Lars von Trier is a deeply disturbed man. Yeah, I saw that whole thing. I kind of liked it. With Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. But, I mean, even that wasn't, like, overloaded. I saw some of it. It wasn't overloaded with nudity. There were dicks aplenty. There were some boobs, some butts. But for a movie called Nymphomaniac Parts 1 and 2, it's... Sure. Yeah. Um, Joe, yeah. you have anything to plug? Uh, yeah. Go for it. Uh, tour, April. Okay. All dates, JoeDeRosaInfo.com. Starting in New Hampshire, ending in Michigan. Check that out if you can. All right. Hope to see you out there. Um, other than that, it's Joe DeRosa Comedy on Instagram and Twitter. And the penthouse column is, you let me down. Uh, folks, I am on Twitter and Instagram, at the Patrick Walsh. Watch my show, Living Biblically, Monday nights, CBS, 9.30, Central. Go to the Hog House page on Etsy. Pick yourself up our brand new t-shirts. We also have posters, stickers, etc. Thank you very much to Emily Florence for handling all of that. And, of course, check into the Facebook page, which is rapidly approaching, if it didn't already cross it, a thousand members, which is awesome. Thank you all. We'll see you next time, and we will see you in hell. That was a headgum podcast. <laughs>